1: It's Reaction Monday. Tell us all about it. Joe Bowling caught at the 21 yard line. Xavier LeGant with back to back catches. And he's got the game box inside the 25. Sponsored by Carolina Honda Power. Your local Honda Superstore for motorcycles, ATVs, side-by-sides, scooters, and generators. CarolinaHonda.com. Your home of the Gamecocks in the Midlands. 107.5 The Game. Also heard on the Grand Strand at 100.3 The Game. And in the PD at 100.5 The Game in Florence. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area.
2: And welcome in, in the bonus, Colin Taylor, Tyler Head, on your reaction Monday morning here. Colin, does it seem like the sun's shining a little bit brighter than last Monday?
0: A little bit, yes. Um, I have not had to deal with the same level of consternation on our message boards, which is nice. Um, Sundays and Mondays after wins... Are a heck of a lot better than uh sundays and mondays after losses that i think that is the most accurate statement on the planet when it comes to working in media
2: you know la- this time last week we were coming off of south carolina getting embarrassed on a national stage and yeah. and you know it's one thing to lose to north carolina but losing in the way that you did having spencer rattler getting sacked nine times the defense not being able to stop really much of anything outside of the turnovers they were able to force. And you just didn't come away from that game feeling good about much of anything outside of pretty much Spencer Rattler and uh, maybe Xavier Leggett as well. Um, and and look, Saturday's game against Furman, it's an FCS team. And look, we didn't disrespect Furman. We gave him their proper credit, I feel like, in the days leading up to the game. And South Carolina went out there and won the game Exactly how they're supposed to, 47 or 21. You looked pretty dominant for the most part, especially once you got into the second half. You allowed a lot of young guys to get in the game, which we'll certainly get to here in a little bit. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. And again, we talked about this in the past couple days leading up to the game. You instilled confidence in the guys on your team that they're able to go out there, do their job, and win a game the way they're supposed to win it. Yeah, palate cleanser
0: is how I've kind of described it. It's you have such a bad taste in your mouth coming out of that North Carolina game because you just you played well in stretches, you didn't play well consistently. There were a lot of glaring issues on both lines of scrimmage. There were a lot of things that just left a bad taste in your mouth. Then you just you come out and through the first twenty minutes of that game, twenty five minutes of that game, it's it's nip and tuck and you're not able to take advantage of some miscues and Furman's leading or it's tied for long stretches. Mm-hmm. So and then you come out there you really take control of that game right before halftime. Yep. And you just go on to win, and, and you do it rather convincingly after Furman's first three drives. So, yeah, palate cleanser kind of washes that bad taste out of your mouth, and uh, <laughs> now I got to go to Georgia. But for the time being, no. it's, it's one of those things where you just feel a lot better about the program. You feel a lot better just about the taste in your mouth going into this week, and you're able to kind of reset and— Build on some of the good you saw from that Furman game.
2: And we'll certainly turn our attention to George a little bit later on in the week. But you mentioned taking control of that game right there before the half. And you and I, we saw each other in the press box on Saturday. And I believe when it was tied at 14, we just kind of gave each other <laughs> the look like, Ugh, I don't yeah. know about this, man, because Furman was making their way down the field with, with ease at that point in time. And then, you know, South Carolina gets the ball back. Under a minute to go, and look, these are the situations where sometimes you take the knee, you go into the locker room, make your adjustments, and hope to come out better in the second half, but South Carolina chose to be aggressive. They take advantage of getting the ball back with a short time left before the halftime. They go down the field, they get another touchdown, they take a lead into the locker room, and then the route was on from there.
0: Yeah, and give Shane Beamer, give Dowell Loggins credit. A lot of teams with no timeouts, I think it was no timeouts, And 40-some-odd seconds left. Mm -hmm. Could have easily said, let's knee it. We're up six. Let's not risk anything. You know, we're on our side of the field. I want to say I'm looking at the drive chart now. Uh, It was, as I scroll through, you know, we're at our own 25-yard line. Yep. Let's just not risk anything. But give them a ton of credit because... They went out there, and it was a six-point game at that point, and 20-14.5 to feels a, a lot different than 27-14, and um, that swung the game because that was one of three straight touchdown drives South Carolina had, and that you feel really, really good about just being able to take control of that
2: game in that moment. Absolutely, and shout-out to the fans for the atmosphere on Saturday. You know, it was raining all day, and the, and the weather looked nasty. Fortunately, it cleared up. By the time kickoff rolled around, and you know, coming off of the tough loss that you had in week number one, it could be and and facing an FCS team and your home opener, it could be understandable. Fans might be a little bit lethargic, and stadium would be half full. They packed the place out. You know, the energy was good even late into the game, you know, the third and fourth quarter. Once we were deep into, you know, South Carolina's depth chart being out there on the field, the energy was really, really good. And that's what you love to see out of your, your home crowd and uh, something you obviously want to replicate once you start getting SEC teams in here in a couple of weeks. Yeah,
0: I was just about to ask you, that was your first Bryce experience?
2: Yeah, it was. There. It, it, what,
0: was um, uh, what was the... the- take like
2: it, it was great I, again i love the energy and you know i would have understood if maybe it would have been a little sleep mundane and sleepy considering the circumstances coming in but the energy was great i thought the the new entrance that was being hyped up and and cocky now has his own train and i was so i was wondering about this because i know typically cocky they have him at the middle of the field and then he's like in the cage Oh, it's a like, bo- it's it's a black or, box or the the black box thing yes. and people go crazy for that. So when I saw him driving out in the train I'm like, "Oh, I guess they won't do the, the box, box thing. thing." But he emerged from the caboose of the train later on in a similar fashion. So I'm like, "Okay, like you're you're doing something new while also kind of keeping that tradition as well." So I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah, it was um it was an interesting entrance. Uh I do not have an opinion on it yet. Okay. I need to see it again. Before I have an opinion
2: on it, that's or a fair. More times before I have an opinion on it, because I mean, like the the train was sitting right there at the tunnel, yeah, hours we, before the game, we knew it was going to have something to do, yeah, with that. Um, but yeah, a lot going on. Um, did they, play, did they play Crazy Train when it came out? If, Ooh, I, if I remember correctly, that. F- I think Bill and Preston were talking about this. I can't remember. There was a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, there but, was a lot going um, on.
0: Pre-game's always hectic. Yeah. Um, uh
2: you know, seeing the two thousand one sandstorm. I was about person. to say two thousand
0: one was the first that was your first two thousand one. Yeah. That was your first sandstorm. That I thought was, that was
2: all really cool and uh um you that know That was I, your first press box. That Jake. was that was my first press box experience for any college football game because I was always stuck in the studio when I was doing stuff um, for Georgia back in Athens so really cool and obviously we're right there you know next to the coordinators in in the box next to us so you know being able to see the game from that vantage point is really neat and seeing how especially like on the um, like the long touchdown passes the one to Luke Doty the one that Sellers threw to Tyshawn Russell and we'll certainly get to those guys (laughs) in a minute (laughs) kind of seeing those plays develop in real time was really really neat from that kind of bird's eye view
0: yep uh
2: I love being able to
0: watch. You almost get to watch the all twenty-two film pretty much the entire game, which is kind of cool. Your first press box shake, yeah. So did 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 anyone warn you? I probably should have. In the five to ten minutes we had to talk pregame, I probably should have been like, "Hey, by the way, like there is a chance that during sandstorm this thing starts to shake." And uh, like, what was that like when when you start to feel because it's not overt but it's, it's not, noticeable
2: yeah and like i wasn't like surprised by it i'm like you got 80 000 pe- people in here jumping, jumping. up and down and screaming and that that makes a lot of sense but it's like man we are are kind of high, kind of high up here like yeah, kind of uh, moving hopefully the structural integrity of this press box is okay
0: yes i'm i always love when people experience it for the first time or like visiting media come for the first time and, yeah uh a&m does the same a&m's moves more okay that they literally have to put sheets of paper down on the visiting side of the press box yeah at each station that's like this
2: moves be prepared for it was that it is uh aggie land hundred thousand i think yeah if not it's very very close yeah i know they um added on to it what 18 years ago after the you know johnny mania came through town Uh, i'll look at my spreadsheet hold on of course you have a spreadsheet for that you don't want to know what else is on the spreadsheet
0: because it's very lame it might include the playing surface of each.
2: Oh, I'm 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 point. not the I'm not the least bit shocked at all. But no, overall, first experience at Williams-Brice Stadium was great. Again, the crowd energy was was really really good, and uh, I th- feel like they stayed engaged throughout the entire game. And thought it was really neat, you know, uh, when guys like Sellers came in there, the the you know reception that they got because that shows you how plugged in that. The fans, uh, specifically the students, are in what the future of this program looks like. And uh, overall, great vibe on Saturday night. And I'm going to be very interested to see what it looks like when uh, Mississippi State comes to town in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting, too. I don't know if it'll be... I don't know what kind of... Do we want to take a guess on the game time, which will come out later today while we are on the air in the afternoon hours?
2: Yeah, we'll be here from 12 to 3 again for the halftime show, so we'll probably learn that start time... Uh, sometime, I guess, around one o'clock, then. But, Usually, you know, yeah. so Mississippi State, by the way, they had a barn burner of a game against Arizona Absolutely over the weekend, uh, yes. nearly escaping an overtime there. So you're potentially looking at, and I got to see who Mississippi State's playing this weekend. LSU. LSU. Okay. So you're probably looking at both teams coming in most likely off of a loss. You would think. You would although
0: think. Massey has it as a 50 50 split.
2: For the Mississippi State-LSU game. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it is. I mean, look, Mississippi State's handled their business these first couple weeks. I wouldn't say that it's a toss-up between them at LSU, but we'll see what happens this weekend. But um, I don't know. I feel like this one kind of has the potential to be a nooner on SEC Network.
0: So here are the other games that day. Okay. I know it will be the 3.30. Because Ole Miss goes to Alabama. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. That's the
2: 330. By the way, Ole Miss. Ooh. Ooh, buddy. Tulane game a lot of trouble.
0: (laughs) Alabama. (laughs) Ooh, buddy. We'll get uh, get to Alabama. (laughs) Don't worry. Uh, Your other games that day are Arkansas at LSU. Okay. Auburn at Texas A&M. Okay. Kentucky at Vanderbilt. That feels like a four. That's a four. That's the mysterious four o'clock. Yes, that is the, that's purgatory. That's how I've described it. Uh, Memphis first Missouri in St Louis. Mm, that's SEC
2: Network Plus. <laughs> uh, Mississippi State South Carolina UAB at Georgia. Okay, that's mm, that screams nooner to me. UTSA at Tennessee. Okay, um, I feel like the well, you said oh Miss Alabama. there will be CBS. That like should, the, that'll probably be your CBS. Campaign. The next three were all like seven thirty SEC Network, ESPN seven o'clock. And then yeah. I don't know, maybe like noon on ESPN kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So I gotta feel like UAB Georgia feels like a nooner
2: probably. On ESPN. So if I was willing to bet, I'd say Carolina and Mississippi State probably like noon on the SEC network.
0: That feels that feels right. So I would agree with that statement. Yeah.
2: So which is not necessarily a bad thing. No. Um hopefully the weather's
0: sign- nice. Yeah. Sign me up noon last weekend in September, one of the last weekends
2: in September. I'm here for it. Absolutely. We'll dive back into what happened on Saturday night, take a look at some specifics of the game. As uh, Reaction Monday rolls on, you're listening to In the Bonus. He's Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head here on the game.
1: It's Reaction Monday. Sponsored by Carolina Honda Powerhouse. CarolinaHonda.com. Your home of the Gamecocks in the Midlands. 107.5, the game. Also heard on the Grand Strand at 100.3, the game. And in the PD at 100.5, the game in Florence. That was plenty of time. Now looking down the field. post pattern, that's Luke Doney. Are you kidding me? Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown Luke Doty for 36 yards out, quarterback to quarterback, and our Myrtle Beach baby just got six on the board with 43 seconds to go. The first receiving touchdown of his career, the extra point, could make it 21-14.
2: Welcome back in, in the bonus on your reaction Monday. He's Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head. That was the call. On the Gamecocks Radio Network Saturday, Spencer Rattler finding fellow quarterback Luke Doty for the touchdown pass there that did put the Gamecocks up twenty to fourteen. They did end up botching the extra point there, so no twenty-one to fourteen. But uh, again, that was kind of what really started separating the Gamecocks from Furman uh, right there just before halftime. And of course, the Gamecocks go on to roll to the forty-seven to twenty-one victory. And man, Spencer Rattler red hot once again on Saturday night, twenty-five of twenty-seven. 345 yards and three touchdowns. If I remember correctly, one of those incompletions was on a spike to stop the clock so, as well. So, so no. No? Those are team.
0: That is a team incompletion. That is a
2: team incompletion. Okay.
0: but So Rattler threw one on... I should have had this ready to go.
2: So I was wondering why that showed up in the stat line as team zero one. one Yeah. I did not know that yes. it was marked differently. Yes. So the spike to not affect total... Okay. Well, that's yes. nice that it doesn't affect it.
0: So Rattler had one incompletion on first down, okay, and another incompletion on third down, okay. He was a he was eight for nine on first down, six of seven on third down, a perfect ten for ten on
2: second. But yeah, just about as close to perfect as you can be. Again, tossing three touchdowns and 345 yards, and you go back to what he did a week ago, uh, 32 of 39 for over 300 yards. I mean, you know, through the first two weeks, Spence Rattler looking like one of the best in the SEC right now. When we, it's really funny because I
0: mean, you've done this and you've listened to so many press conferences. Sure. When you hear, oh, Spencer Rattler, he's taking a step forward, he's playing like another guy, you're like, okay. Like, I'll believe it when you put it out there on the field, kind of thing. Yeah, I think they were telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think that's one that's not coach speak. I think they were telling the truth on that one. He, It's been really impressive to watch. And it's not just, yeah, you can put up the stats. It's Furman. You're chucking the ball all over the place. But it's the no turnovers. And there really hasn't been a bad throw, Mm -hmm. like a turnover-worthy throw, if that makes sense. He's just been in complete and total control of everything that he's done over the course of his... um, his first two games. Did you see the stats I threw out yesterday? I did. About his first eight games mm-hmm. and then his last six regular season games. For those who did not, Rattler, in the first eight games of his South Carolina career, where I believe South Carolina was five and three, if that's accurate. Uh,
2: I think that sounds right.
0: Completing 64% of his passes, averaging 7.3 yards an attempt, five touchdowns, nine interceptions. Rattler's last six regular season games, so the final four of last year,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and take out the bowl game when he didn't have Juice Wells, didn't have a tight end outside of Nate Atkins, and Nate Atkins gets hurt. His last six regular season games, 75% completion percentage, 9.5 yards an attempt, 14 touchdowns, two picks. Wow. he He's playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the country right now. Now they're one and one. One of those games was against an FCS opponent. <laughs> Competition ticks up a little bit. Sure. But you're seeing what you've needed. It'd be it'd be really different if he came out there against North Carolina, didn't look that good mm-hmm. and, you know, put up those stats against Furman and you're like, okay, well I like, saw progress. But no, he looked good. He got sacked nine times. And still had to put his team in a position to potentially win a game, right? Um, it's just really impressed. I've been, I've been so impressed with his command and his poise. Here's it's brief, been
2: insane. Here's a brief clip of what Rattler had to say about his performance Saturday after the game.
0: For your first question, kind of like you know Zay said, uh, we, we put in the work this off season, so we, we expect you know to have success on the field. Um, I've been telling everybody I love what Dow's doing with us. Um, I think it complements us really well. And um, your second question, yeah, I'm very happy for Luke. Got the first touchdown of the season uh, in the air, and it was big time for him. His confidence, so he's a hell
2: of a player. So touched on two things there. Obviously, the work they put in the offseason, then Luke Doty catching that long uh, touchdown pass from him and and speaking of wide receivers one of the big one of the big parts of uh, rattler's success so far this year has been the connection with xavier laguette and look we knew coming in this season that juice wells was going to be the number one guy and he's been banged up through these first two games was out there for a significant amount of snaps on saturday but xavier laguette has taken the uh, uh reigns as wide receiver number one at least for the the moment and have gone out there and excelled Again, went over 100 yards uh, this Saturday, has 296 on the season, and uh, with the lone touchdown as well.
0: It's the most receiving yards by a South Carolina wide receiver to the first two games of a season since at least 2000. I believe it. Do you want to know the others? There are only <laughs> four other players to have at least 200 yards receiving in the first two games of a season. Okay. At South Carolina since Sports References Database started in 2000. Okay. Lay it on me. Can you name, let's see how many you can name. Oh, gosh. As not a South Carolina historian.
2: Uh, uh, Some of
0: the biggest names in program history.
2: Did Debo ever do it? Debo did not do Debo it. Debo did not do it. Debo
0: probably had 200 all-purpose yards, but okay. he did not um, He's getting his number retired, jersey retired in oh. a couple weeks.
2: Oh, gosh. If you wouldn't have said anything, I wouldn't be blanking on the name. <laughs> um,
0: His name is literally on the press box. Yeah, I know. Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey. There okay. you go. Shy Smith did it. Okay. That's one you probably wouldn't have gotten. Uh, Troy Williamson, who played in the early 2000s, got it. Okay. Uh, and then Juice Wells last year. Okay. But Juice Wells did it. With that like he like went supernova nova against
2: Yeah, when they uh, were behind Arkansas and yeah, just throwing it all around the yard. So yeah. yeah. Um yeah, great great for Xavier to get through the first first two games. And the the thinking is once Juice Wells is back and fully healthy, you got these two guys on either side of the field. Talk about a dangerous trifecta.
0: Yeah, I mean Spencer Rattler throwing to all SEC Juice Wells and What appears to be an all-SEC contender in Xavier Leggett, and statistically speaking, it's not just like he's putting up numbers. He looks good doing it, like high-pointing balls, making contested catches, showing some speed and versatility. He's also playing a ton of special teams, too, which is kind of insane. Yeah, Uh, It's been really amazing to watch because he's always one of the <laughs> the running joke has always been with xavier ligat this is his best off season yeah every off season since he got here it's like xavier Get breakout candidate breakout candidate and he finally gets his opportunity i think he has a sense of urgency because i believe this is his last year of eligibility mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to have that it's kind of like in college when you're like well i I'm better on working on a deadline because it makes me... Yeah, it, work. Put,
2: it puts the pressure on you, yeah.
0: right. Knowing this was his final year of eligibility or he's getting close to the end, like... Yeah, I feel that. It, it kind of, it, it's all clicking, and he had the talent. It was just about kind of, he played high school quarterback. Yep. Uh, it was just about kind of clicking as a receiver, getting the, the ability to just, sounds stupid, catch the ball yep. and do that and once he does he's he's special with the ball in his hands
2: my favorite thing about xavier leggett he is truly a man of action uh yes (laughs) you put him in a press conference situation you're lucky to get five words out of him per answer he just lets the uh the play and do the talking it was funny i was
0: talking to justin step at the golf outing about xavier when Mm. we were doing the interviews and he even said you know xavier you can't get five words out of him like, but he'll text and he'll text like there's no tomorrow. Right. You can't get five words out of him sometimes. He's just a really soft spoken guy and but he he's like but he leads by example. Yeah. And he's a guy. He's like oh. Juice isn't the one going out there and, and getting guys ready to go in the summer and doing extra work. Like Xavier's leading that, that charge. And, yeah. Um it says a lot about Xavier and and I think
2: South oh. Carolina's got a good one. To quote the great philosopher of our time, Marshawn Lynch, all about that action ball. All about that. You know why I'm here. Yeah. You know why I'm, I'm here. Uh, all right. We'll continue to react to what happened on uh, Saturday against Furman as Reaction Monday rolls on here on In the Bonus. He's Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head on the. <laughs>
1: What you're talking about. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. On your home of the Gamecocks. In Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. Empties the backfield now after the penalty on second down. Bouncing in the pocket. Got plenty of room right side. Wants to crank one up. Going deep down the field to the end zone. <laughs> oh, touchdown Carolina. <laughs> Oh my goodness, 50 yards out. Tyshawn Russell brings his first touchdown in of his career. It was a bomb, and I mean a bomb, from Lenora Sellers.
2: Welcome back and in the bonus. He's Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head here on your Reaction Monday. Here on the game, very exciting Monday, by the way. T.J. Sanders, defensive tackle for the Gamecocks, will be joining us coming up at 10 o'clock for today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour. Also got Monday Night Football coming your way tonight at 7.30 between the Bills and the Jets, so certainly stick around for that as well. But that was the call on Saturday of the Gamecocks Radio Network. Lenore Sellos corking a 50-yard bomb to Tyshawn Russell later on in the game as the uh, Gamecocks were continuing to grow their lead, and this is something that we were hopeful and excited to see on Saturday, you know, assuming you were going to be able to handle business with your starters early on in the game, seeing these young guys get in and getting a glimpse of what the future of this Gamecock program is looking like, and from an offensive standpoint, you feel really, really good about what you saw on Saturday.
0: Ooh, buddy. Um, it... You're struggling to it, find words. It was words. really funny. We. I'm also trying to move the computer monitor so I can actually like make eye contact with you. Which right, helps. right. We joked. I'm sitting next to Chris Wahlbaum. Yep, in the press box, and he looks at me, and after that, just if you have not seen the throw, I do not know where, if you've been living under a rock. Go look at that throw up. It's it's, it's beautiful. Chris Wahlbaum turns to me about a, a drive after that and goes. Colin, we just watched Spencer Rattler go 25 of 27 for 335 yards and three touchdowns, and no one is going to remember, remember it. No. He said that throw, he goes, that throw was number one, the best throw of the night, and everyone's going to be talking about that instead.
2: Absolutely. That, it was gorgeous. It, it was, and he l- later on hit a nice back shoulder to uh, – Nick Harbour for an, another touchdown. And again, Nick Harbour is somebody that we also have been very excited to see. But but getting a glimpse of what the future of this program is going to look like was on full display on Saturday night. And and, and this is a question that we asked a lot in the offseason. How do you possibly get Lenora Sellers involved in this offense this year? And we saw the glimpse of his athleticism in the spring game with his, with his ability to scramble. saw a little bit of that on um, on Saturday night as well. But, like, when you have an athlete that's, good, that's that good, and look, Spencer Rattler, you never want to take him off the field, but there are certainly situations where you feel like Lenora Sellers could be a real game-changer for the Gamecocks. Yeah, and I am not comparing him to this person.
0: I'm just saying it would be a similar package. Tim Tebow, yeah, his freshman year at Florida.
2: That's what everybody kind of points to, yes. very similar situation. <laughs>
0: Lenora Sellers is not Tim Tebow. I'm not compa- saying he might turn out to be. But
2: he is not Tim Tebow
0: right now. Yeah, I I think, and Shane Beamer even said it on, what was that? Sunday night during Mm -hmm. his teleconference. Listen, every game plan is different. Are there skill sets that we can exploit? Yes. Are there things that he can do that maybe Spencer Rattler can't? Yes, I think Lenore Sellers is a better. Spencer Rattler is mobile and can maneuver in the pocket, but I think Lenore is a better runner. Think that's a fair assessment.
2: You can set your offense up to be more—I don't want to say run-based, but getting your quarterback involved in the run with RPOs and that kind of stuff. Spencer Rattler is more of the sit back and throw it type of guy, and we did see him run a little bit on Saturday night, getting in the getting in for a uh, touchdown or one of those scrambles, but that's not kind of his. His go-to. You kind of think, and, and again, not comparing him to this person either, but you kind of think of a little Nora Sellers, similar to like a Cam Newton type of quarterback, where I've sick can cork it and throw it really far, but also just having that big frame, being yes. able to run downhill too. I do love... <laughs> Sorry, Chris Clark was staring at me through the window. <laughs>
0: uh, my pet peeve in life is like watching the MLB draft or like any draft of any kind. Yeah. And all the analysts being like, this guy could be Pedro Martinez. This guy could be, you know, Barry Bonds. This guy could be, you know, Mike Trout. Sure. And I'm like, just pick normal comps. But if you say this guy can be John Jay, no one's like, yeah, this guy can be John Jay. That doesn't get you excited. No. And then here we are being like, Lenoris could be Caleb Newton. Lenoris could be Tim, two of like the top five college football players of all time. Sure.
2: You know, a more apt comparison. He could be similar to what like KJ Jefferson does at Arkansas. Yes, that's if, if you want to do the, something that's still in college right now. Yes, the John Jay of the SEC. Like, sure, like sure.
0: KJ Jefferson's a really freaking good quarterback. He but, is. Yes. Um, yeah, it allows you, and especially for, and we can talk about the run game at some point, but uninspired is probably the wrong word. But you didn't run the ball efficiently for most of that game, right? And. If you have a guy in there that can run from a quarterback perspective, but it can also uncork a 50 yard dime, like dime mm-hmm. to his receiver, that helps. Now, listen, I'm. Furman's DBs are not Malachi Starks, who's. Is he hurt still? Um, He was playing on Saturday, if I remember okay. correctly. They're not Kamari Lasseter. They're not. I'm looking at it now, you know, Dalen Everett. They're not Julian Humphrey. They're they're not Georgia's defensive backs. Right. But he threw Tyshawn Russell open. Uh, There are probably ways to get him involved in the other conversation point, too. You know, you have this four-game redshirt, but if you're projecting ahead and saying, listen, like, if he's good enough, like, He goes pro after his
2: junior year anyway kind of thing. And that's the thing, especially in today's era of the transfer portal, preserving, especially quarterbacks, where typically you're only having one of those guys play the bulk of the snaps throughout the entire year. um, Preserving that redshirt isn't as prevalent as it once was. Where it's like, okay, well, you're going to redshirt this year, but, hey, in three years, you're going to be our guy. You're going to be our starter. Yeah, no one's doing that anymore. Nobody has the patience, especially when you have a talent that caliber. Again, you're going to find a way to get him on the field. If you burn one year of his eligibility doing that, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. And again, like you said, if he ends up being the type of quarterback and athlete we think he can be, he's most likely going to be looking to leave after three years anyway. Right. And like, what do you gain from not playing
0: him in exactly eight or nine games or like, whatever that looks like? Yeah. Even if it's, I mean, I don't think he's playing 25, and I think all of this can be taken with a grain of salt. They were up a gajillion against Furman. And it was against Furman. Sure. But you saw enough there. He's not a finished product. He probably still needs to. He's a freshman. But he's he's in the supreme talent. He was a top 100 player in the on-three rankings yep. when all was said and done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he just seems like... It would be here with Luke Doty, you know, they're like, it's negligent to have him on the sideline the entire time. Get him involved. Right. I mean, it would almost, if that's the Lenoris you're going to get, every no, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and go four for four for 86 yards and rush for six and throw for two touchdowns every single game. But if, if that's the kind of dynamic player you're going to get every single game, it would be smart to have some sort of package installed for some game plans against some teams. to to really, really use his skill set to help you win football games, especially in a year where you kind of got to figure out what you have
2: in that freshman class. For sure. Again, it was great to get a glimpse at him on Saturday night, and we'll see how they decide to utilize him going forward. It wasn't all perfect, though. There were some areas of concern, and we'll dive into that a little bit as well as some injuries as we wrap up today's edition of In the Bonus coming up here on the game.
1: It's Reaction Monday, sponsored by Carolina Honda Powerhouse. Carolinahonda.com, your home of the Gamecocks in the Midlands. 1075, The Game. Also heard on the Grand Strand at 100.3, The Game. And in the PD at 100.5, The Game in
2: Florence. Welcome back in, in the bonus. Colin Taylor, Tyler Head here on your Reaction Monday. It's hours flying by. If if you're wondering where I am in life right now, I just
0: tried to turn my head, the sound of my headphones up by turning up the volume on my phone, which is sitting next
2: to me. I, I don't years. think that's going to work, Colin. No, uh, it's football season. Well, hopefully you're locked in because we got three more hours coming up from noon until three, as we will have plenty more time to react to what we saw on Saturday. There is ingestion of caffeine significantly more caffeine in my system i i went and bought a mountain dew yeah. uh this morning to give myself that extra you're little not a coffee guy in the morning not on the week here yeah on the because weekdays. it goes through yes. me too fast <laughs> and i don't want to have to run to the bathroom every five yeah. minutes while i'm doing well, six that, straight but, hours but see, of that's me
0: in our afternoon hour yeah like i mean you see me all the time i'm like boom boom yeah. like it's like every other like segment where i'm like okay i
2: gotta go I gotta yeah go. which is fair yeah um again i just need a little bit of kick in the pants to get me going this morning um again we'll have plenty of time to react uh to what happened open up phone lines mm-hmm. as well from 12 to 3 get yes. y'all's reaction uh Please to call in. one thing that didn't happen on saturday night was a special teams touchdown which means the lawyer leaves special teams touchdown contest now rolls over once again to a 300 hundred dollar gift card prize for this upcoming weekend's game at Georgia, which means if South Carolina can throw a special teams touchdown this weekend, you have the opportunity to win $300 on a gift card, which will be announced next Monday by Bill and Preston live on the air on the early game. Just head on over to 1075thegame.com and register for your chance to win the Lawyer Lisa special teams touchdown contest. And and I'll roll right into special teams were actually a little bit of a concern on... Saturday. Um you had the one you had a missed field goal from Mitch Jeter for one. Yeah. Uh you also had the botch snap on the extra point after yes. the Luke Doty touchdown. So usually an area where South Carolina is is pretty picture perfect for the most part, having some struggles on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't in necessarily the areas that I thought it was going to be in. I figured it would be maybe Firm increases a run in a return here because you have younger guys playing, but no, when you had a critical penalty on a punt return that could have set you up with even better field position, you botch a snap, you mess, you know, not mess up, but you run that muddle huddle and it just didn't click. And then you have an ill-advised take out of the end zone on a kickoff. You only get 12 yards out of it. So there are things certainly to clean up there. And maybe it's guys trying to do too much, but yeah, from, you know, what we've seen from South Carolina from a special teams perspective over the the last two
2: seasons, it was an
0: incredibly out-of-character yeah. performance from them, top
2: to bottom. And on one of those punt returns, uh, Miriam Brown ended up going down with an injury, had to be helped off the field, and obviously he was playing... Really well offensively up to that point, yeah. uh, you know, in that slot position. Um, now, uh, the latest update that we got from Coach Beamer last night in his teleconference is that he's questionable. Uh, Hasn't really advised anything further on him. Hopefully, we'll get an update coming up tomorrow. But a Marion Brown, somebody that's already obviously started off the season really, really, really well outside of that. Dropped, uh, dropped pass on fourth down last week against NC or against North Carolina. Uh, but I will say this: Eddie Lewis stepped up oh, pretty bloody. well in yeah. that slot position after him going, uh, six, uh, getting six receptions for um, uh, 89 yards and uh, with a long of 46 there. Um, so you know you feel like you you have a, a serviceable backup in Eddie Lewis there, who somebody that we thought was mainly going to contribute on special teams, but when his number got caught on Saturday, he uh, stepped up and did a good job. Yeah,
0: and he had one of the—South Carolina started a drive on, like, its own 10-yard line mm-hmm. and ended up scoring because of a—I well, think it was, like, a 46-yard grab from yep. Eddie Lewis. He yep. looked really, really good. Um, as I wait for my play tracker yep. spreadsheet, to, uh, I, I I think he was a really valuable target on third down, yes. if I am not mistaken. Uh, yes, he caught two passes on— third down two passes for 15 yards both for first downs teams need guys like that maybe not your Xavier Leggett's maybe not your uh Juice Wells's of the world your Trey Knox's but a guy that on third and short and Xavier Leggett did this too on a fourth down which was nice but on third and short you can dump him the ball a yard or two behind the line or behind the sticks and he can make a play make a guy miss and and get the first down and and Eddie Lewis might be that Um, I was really impressed with him in his first offensive action
2: and one more thing as we close out here and again we'll have plenty of time to dive more into this coming up from noon to three on the halftime show offensive line did not give up any sacks on Saturday which is a big plus considering what you did against North Carolina the week before Running game, though, still needing some work as South Carolina uh, wasn't, and they did eclipse 100 yards uh, at the end of the game, but just not quite as explosive as you were hoping they were going to be against Furman on Saturday.
0: No, and you're still averaging, Tyler, if you might shock you, I did the stats on this, 2.95 yards on first down, 1.9 on second down, 6.3 Six point three on third, but you didn't run the ball as much, and I think you had that sixteen yard your only explosive run of the season from a running back so far on that third down, which skewed some of the numbers. But that was on the first drive, too, right? Yeah, yep. uh, first or second drive, yeah, uh, early in the game. Yeah, your success rate of thirty six point four percent on first down, and running the ball thirty eight point five percent on second down. A lot of your runs are getting stopped for two yards or fewer. It's just. You need to be a little bit better in the run game, and we saw some stuff from Mario Anderson and DJ Braswell, but those guys are new and they're still getting adjusted. So, run game going to be a work in progress. South Carolina I think is going to be a very, very pass happy run replacement team for the time being until they can figure it out. But um, if you leave with if there's one concern, maybe over the mm-hmm. course of the first two
2: games offensively,
0: it's it's that run
2: game. Yeah, definitely so. And and Dakari and Jordan led the way with. 11, uh carries 42 yards and did get the one touchdown. And, of course, Spencer Rattler got his one uh, touchdown on a, a short run there uh, a little bit later on in the game as well. But, yeah, the one area of concern. But, uh, again, when we talk about the offensive line and one of the big things they needed to do in this game against Furman was still a little bit of confidence that, 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 that they were going to be able to go out there do their job, protect Spencer Rattler. And again, they did a great job on Saturday. We saw some younger guys entry Sri Babalati and Trevon Ball get out there and get a significant number of staff. So you have some options going forward, and uh, you're going to be facing quite a test this weekend against Georgia, and we'll see how they uh, how they stand up to that one. Yeah, uh, and we can talk about it too in the
0: noon to three, but do you just keep rolling with Babalade and Ball? Maybe. And see what happens. It's definitely worth having a conversation. Yeah, and I will give credit too to the defense. Um, after those, they gave up 14 points mm-hmm. on their first three drives uh-huh. of the game. Their next, if I'm doing my math correct, seven drives defensively, 30 plays, 84 yards, no points. Right. 2.8 yards per play. Really, really impressive stuff from the defense to, to rally behind
2: that. Fantastic. And again, Con and I will be back in here from noon to three carrying... The halftime show today. Coming up next, though, it is the Garnet Trust Hour with somebody that was on the field Saturday. That being TJ Sanders from the defensive line of South Carolina. He will break down everything that happened over the weekend, and uh, we'll have a great conversation with him. Coming up, Garnet Trust Hour here on the game. Step into the world of power, loyalty